when you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players. You have a great organization, and you tell them one thing. Just win, baby. Are you looking for a podcast that brings you all the latest news and analysis on the silver and black? Carr from under center looks downfield, fires deep, complete. Waller's got it. How about interviews with A-list guests? Just pod, baby. Congrats on 100 episodes. I'm happy for you guys. Keep doing your thing, and thanks for having me, man. It was a blast. Look no further. You are listening to Just Pod, baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast, part of the Vegas Sports Today podcast network. And now, your host, Evan Grote. Raider Nation, let's go. Now, you heard our guy on the introduction, Alec Ingold, suffered a torn ACL in, in the game on Sunday night versus the Chiefs. He's out for the season, and uh, it's terrible news. He's a great guy. He's a great player for the team, one of the captains, and we hope, Alec, we wish him a speedy recovery. Uh, looking forward to seeing him back in the silver and black in the 2022 season. But it's another week here, another new episode of Just Pod, baby. We keep plugging all the way through here along the 2021 season. Unfortunately for the Raiders, though, another week means another loss to the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football. That's two bad games in a row now. Really puts the Raiders at a crossroads here. It was a golden opportunity, a chance to take control of the division, but the Chiefs were just too much, especially late in the game. Things really got out of hand. Patrick Mahomes and that Chiefs offense came back to life. He was electric uh, with five touchdown passes, 406 yards passing. It was ugly, uh, but the Raiders got to move on here and look forward to uh, this upcoming game against the Bengals. Just Pod Baby is brought to you by VegasSportsToday.com, and I want to plug a story that is um, up at the website right now from our good friend and and frequent guest here on the show, also a former co-host many times last year, Mo Moten, of course. Uh, Mo wrote a story uh, that that gives readers, you know, kind of a reality check um, with the Raiders. I mentioned um, being at a crossroads uh, with the loss to the Chiefs and the Giants games, and, you know, what Mo did was take a look at Will those losses be a wake-up call or, or a prelude to another midseason collapse? Uh, collapse, and you know, just some really good stuff by Mo. Some honest uh, reporting there and honest, uh, uh, objective opinions there by Mo Mo. And go check it out if you have not yet already. I tweeted it out earlier this week on Twitter, so you can find it on my Twitter page at egroat 5 if you uh, don't already follow me there. And you can also, of course, find the story up at VegasSportsToday.com. Now, the rundown for the show uh, this week is I want to discuss at the top of the show here where the Raiders go following the loss to the Chiefs. Will they bounce back? Will they show some fight in the final eight games of the season? Or are we witnessing another midseason collapse? And, and what does all that mean? Also, um, what I want to discuss here in the, in the segment one is what happened to Darren Waller last week? And you know, what has happened to Darren Waller this season? We're going to take a look at that uh, in a little bit later on. And then, of course, the Bengals are coming to Las Vegas on Sunday, off their bye week, also on a two-game losing streak. And like the Raiders, they're still in the mix for a playoff spot after a really good start to the season. So we're going to take a look at the Bengals. And, and um, you know, I don't want to use the term must win. It's only game 10 of this season. But my opinion... This feels very much like a game Las Vegas needs to win. And if they want to remain 
in relevant in the AFC playoff picture, they got to come out of this game with a win on Sunday. That's the way I see it, especially with some of the games that remain on the schedule. Also, in segment two, we're going to be chatting with Jeff Hobson, senior writer at Bengals.com. He covers them uh, on a daily basis, so we're going to get the lowdown from him on Cincinnati. They've got some talent on offense. Uh, Jamar Chase is a budding superstar. He's on my fantasy team. He has helped lead me to the number one uh, seed. Um, no, no bragging there, but uh, it's been a while since I could say that about one of my fantasy teams. But uh, a lot of talent on that offense for sure. A couple of really good pass rushers, rushers on defense. So I'm looking forward to the conversation uh, with Jeff. So be sure to stick with me um, until then. But tonight where I want to start, I want to start with the loss of the Chiefs and where the Raiders go from here. There's there's no doubt the Raiders are at a crossroads at this point in the season, and it's a major gut check time for this football team. We've heard for many weeks, we've heard for many months going back to training camp that this team was built different, that they have better leaders in place, that the leadership is there, that they've got more talent on the roster compared to past years, that because of those reasons they can't avoid a letdown, that they can finish this season. But what we've heard from these players and coaches for months and weeks, and even recently, what we have been hearing from them and what we have been seeing from this team on the field are two different things. Now, before I expand any further on that thought, let's take a listen to Derek Carr. This is post-game on Sunday, after the loss of the Chiefs, when he spoke about why he feels this team is different and why he this why he feels this team is capable of keeping it together. I, just, I think we're just a better team, honestly. Uh, we got better players, uh, you know. Um, now that doesn't result in wins. You know, I've been on teams that are really talented that didn't, that underperformed, um, you know. So uh, I just really believe in our group. Close, it's a close group, you know. Football, you gotta be tight. You gotta do it together. Um, the things that we messed up today, I mean, it's so so correctable, you know. Um, you know. I think that's what gives me, you know, like, oh, yeah, we could do it. It wasn't like we just got outmanned. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm trying to describe it that way. Um, you know, I, I, I really believe that, you know, um, that this group is just different. It's just being around them. I'm around them every day. It's just a different group. So better players, Derek Carr says, uh, is, is what makes this team different. He also went on to say that this team, he believes, is 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 a closer unit. And, and you know, I, I think – I think he's right about that. Based on what you know, what I can see uh, from afar as a fan just following the team, there's more talent on this roster. Obviously, there's more talent. The defense has played much better this season than what we have seen in years past. The offense has done some really good things. Maybe a little inconsistent at times. I'd like to see the run game a little bit more productive, but they've done a good job to this point. But let's make no mistake about it. You know, people are getting tired of hearing these sort of comments. Um, and, and Josh DeBow, uh, who covers the Raiders for the AP, say what you want about him. He was out there kind of poking the bear a little bit um, on Thursday afternoon on Twitter, uh, recalling some of these comments we have heard from Derek Carr over the years. In fact, he tweeted out the uh, literally an, an exact replica of these comments um, from a year ago. Derek Carr saying he felt this team was different, and he felt this team was not... Um, you know, was was built for uh, to 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 sustain or or to withstand, I should say, um, you know, a midseason collapse. And, and so, you know, I got to be honest, as a fan, I'm a little bit tired of hearing this. 
We we hear it so often, and I know what's Derek Carr supposed to say. He's up there talking to these guys a couple of times a week. He's getting asked these questions. What is he supposed to say? No, we're going to fold. No, I get it. I get it. But I want to start seeing what he, they're telling us take place on the field. I want to see it result in more wins. And that, to me, was the most important thing that I took from his comments. It doesn't always result in wins. And that's the problem. Yes, this team may be better on paper than in 2019 and then in 2020. But are they good enough to compete and to beat the teams that are on their schedule and get into the playoffs? That's all I care about. I don't care about what makes this team different from 20, uh, 2020 and 2019. I don't care. I just want them to be good enough to beat the teams that are on their schedule. Okay? Now, many of many people out there thought that this team was, was primed and ready to go to make a playoff run this year. And early on, it looked that way. Okay? I said 9-8 and eight before the season. I stand by that number. I'm sticking to that number. Now, nobody could have predicted the off-the-field issues that have hit the team. And I think to some degree, you're starting to see those issues take a toll on this team. I don't want to downplay the loss of a head coach. I don't want to downplay the loss of Henry Ruggs. Okay, those are significant losses. Damon Arnett, you know, he never contributed anyway, so to me, it's like not a big deal with him, right? I think everyone agrees. But this is the NFL. Nobody feels sorry for the Raiders. So I'm not going to sit here as a fan and make excuses for this team. Okay? They haven't been good enough at times. That's the problem. They have not been good enough at times, and that's earned them what they currently are. They're 5-4 and four right now. They're still in the hunt. The season's not over. Eight games left. But they need to get it done on Sunday. And Because and, and, if they don't, that would that would make it three losses in a row. And it would give me, personally, in my opinion, very little reason to believe that things will improve here in, in the final seven games. And the schedule, when you look at the schedule, that, that won't do them any favors either. Thanksgiving Day, uh, they're going to be traveling to Dallas on a short week. Followed by Washington back home, week 13, on the road in KC, on the road in Cleveland, which both of those games will be cold weather games. The Broncos, the Colts, and the Chargers to finish out the season. Now, I know the saying is on any given Sunday, but that's a tough stretch of games right there. So, uh, need to start seeing some positive signs here. Uh, from the Raiders this week, another loss would really put them in a tough spot going forward. Now, the other and, and the final topic that I wanted to get to here in segment one is what is up with Darren Waller, okay? Especially last week. Uh, he was a complete non-factor. And I thought that he was going was getting back on track after the Giants game, okay? But only four catches, 24 yards on seven targets versus the Chiefs. Not going to get it done, okay? This is your best weapon on offense, and right now he's averaging 4.8 catches a game for 62 yards. That's down That's down 13 yards from last year when he finished the season with an average of 75 yards a game. 145 targets last year. 109 catches, if I'm not mistaken. So he's got some ground to make up, and, you know, offensively they've been pretty good this year, Okay. Uh, but it's time now. It's time to lean on Darren Waller. He's a stud. He's 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 the second or best, or second or third best tight end in the NFL. Get him going. 
Okay, now I know part of the reason why the numbers are a little bit down this year was because of the emergence of Henry Ruggs and, and Brian Edwards has, has contributed early in the season. They've cut into some of his targets, no doubt about it, throwing Hunter Renfro. But if they want to salvage this season right now and get this offense back on track, okay, with the lack of run game that they've had, it's got to be all about Darren Waller. It's got to be. Now, in Monday's press conference, uh, Rich Basaccia was asked uh, from Vic Tafer about this very topic here. Here's what he had to say. Well, I think, again, it's a little bit of what's you know, the attention he's attracted as well and what coverages they're trying to play and how they're trying to press him and getting some bracket coverages on him. I think in the last two weeks we've seen, because of what's going on with him, we've seen other players emerge a little bit and get their hands on the ball. You know, we talked about Brian and then uh, what Hunter's been able to do. So we also have to look at that and see what position we can put him in to certainly get some targets back for him as well. I actually disagree there with with a little bit of what he had to say. He mentioned there what we've seen um, in the last two games is that teams are are, are trying to take Waller out, and, and you have seen other guys uh, step up and make plays. That that's been going on all season. You know, Edwards he's he's made some plays this season. Hunter Renfro he's been involved this season. You know, Ruggs, while he was with the team, he was making plays. That nothing has those guys have been doing their thing all season, but now they're relying more so on Waller to get involved, and and we didn't see that happen last week. Now, certainly, uh, I agree with what he said. Their defenses can now focus their game plans on stopping Waller, and I think we saw what the Chiefs were doing, definitely with some bracket coverages there on Waller. It's up to Greg Olson now to make some adjustments. Gruden, he was very good at moving Waller around. Um, to the diff- all, uh, moving him all around the formation, getting him uh, in the right matchups that were f- favored him. It's time for Olsen now to step it up and, and get his best chess piece involved in the game plan because you can't rely on the run game right now. Absolutely not. Uh, can't do that. Uh, Brian Edwards, not sure if he's ready for the big time. I know he had three catches last week with the touchdown. That was good to see, but is he ready to step up and be a big-time target for this team? I just don't know. Um, ha- haven't quite seen that yet. Deshaun Jackson, he's still getting up to speed with the offense. Played a very limited uh, amount of snaps uh, last week. We'll see. Hopefully that number goes up a little bit this week. Um, and, and so that's why I feel it's so important that you know Waller, who was only averaging about, uh, I, I believe it's eight targets a game right now, I want to see that number in the, in the 10 to 12 to 13 range. I mean, Feed this guy the ball. Give him as much as he can handle. Um, so that that's the way I see it. All right, guys, that is our first segment. Uh, time for me to get to a break. And when I return, we will start to look at the Cincinnati Bengals. I will give you my overview. And then we will chat with Jeff Hobson, senior writer for the Bengals.com. A lot more coming up here on the Week 11 edition of Just Pod Baby, part of the Vegas Sports Today podcast network. Welcome back to Just Pod, baby. Run down the field on You're home for all things Las Vegas Raiders football. Raiders! News, views, and guests. Just win, baby. There's only one nation, and they listen here. Once a Raider, always a Raider. 
Welcome back, everybody. Just Pod Baby Evan Grote here. Give me a follow on Twitter at egrote5. Check out the website, justpodbaby.com, and please subscribe to the podcast if you don't already. Leave me a rating and a review. Let me know how you think I'm doing. Now, segment two is upon us. I want to start out by diving right into the Cincinnati Bengals, who have really taken a similar path as the Raiders to get to 5-4, and four, the Bengals, I think, were one of the surprise teams in the league just a few weeks ago when they were 5-2 and two in the number one seed in the AFC. Since then, though, they've really fallen apart, losing uh, two games, uh, one to the Jets, which was an awful loss against uh, backup quarterback Mike White, who actually really played well in the game, but come on, you can't let that happen, right? You can't let Mike White... Uh, dominate you. Uh, they did let that happen, and they ended up losing that game, and then they followed that up with a blowout loss to the Browns. Uh, so they are coming off the bye week, and the injury report looks pretty clean for them. Uh, no, Nobody of any real significance that I saw listed. And I watched a lot of Bengals football this year, actually, because I have Jamar Chase on my fantasy team. Uh, so I have a pretty good feel for that offense and some of the things that they do well. Defense, not so much, because I haven't focused as much on the defense, but I've been really impressed with uh, Joe Burrow. How could you not be? He, he's only made 19 starts. I mean, think about that. Only, he's only made 19 starts in this league. He had the the ACL injury last year, uh, early on in the, pretty early on in the season. But I, I, I feel pretty confident sitting here today saying that he will be a top five quarterback in this league within two to three years. Call me crazy. Call me crazy. I think he's got all the tools. I love the kid. Um, he's got plenty of weapons at the wideout position with uh, Jamar Chase, who I mentioned, who will probably win Offensive Rookie of the Year this year. He's just lighting the league on fire. T. Higgins, who was a rookie last year, um, and, and Tyler Boyd. And then they got the tight end C.J. Uh, Uzama, who has really had a decent year um, himself. So there's no shortage of, of weapons for Burrow on offense. You can't forget Joe Mixon, the running back. He's been around a few years. He's always been a talented guy, but with him it's been injuries, and, and they've hampered him in the past. He's healthy now. He is productive right now. He's involved in the pass game, in the run game. I think he's got nine touchdowns. He's seventh in the NFL in rushing. So he's going to be, um, he's going to have to be an, an emphasis for this Raiders defense because we know they've been giving up a lot of yards um, on the ground. Now, one thing I want to um, discuss with Jeff is, is the offensive line play, and you know I haven't studied that group close enough uh, to get a true breakdown for you, but I, I know Burrow's been sacked quite a bit this year, so we'll we'll get some of Jeff's thoughts on the offensive line, and then you look over at the defense, and it's all about the pass rush. M- much like the Raiders, they have two really good ones over there with Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard. Um, I really like Trey Hendrickson. If you remember listening to this show, I was all about Trey Hendrickson last year and the Raiders going after him. I also wanted them to go after Carl Lawson, who was a former uh, Bengal, but Hendrickson had that breakout campaign last year, and he's really carried that into this season. Uh, They team him up with Sam Hubbard, who has been a consistent guy throughout his career as well, coming off the edge. And so there's going to be a there's going to be a pass rush summit going on on Sunday um, with with the Raiders duo and the the Bengals uh, duo is there uh, that they have as well. And, and so uh, I'm looking forward to watching that. And there's a lot of new faces on this Bengals defense. Um, pretty sure Larry Ogunjobi, Mike Hilton, um, Chidobi, uh, Awuzie, I'm not sure if I pronounced that properly, who was with the Cowboys um, for the first few years of his career. Eli Apple. These are all guys who have been around for a few years, decent players, nobody outstanding, uh, but they all came over to Cincinnati this year along with, uh, as I mentioned, Trey Hendrickson 
uh, to to be a part of this defense. And and you know they're they're just outside the top ten as far as points are allowed are concerned. They're eleventh right now, twenty two point six. Uh, points allowed so that's pretty good so the defense is pretty stingy um, the offenses opposing offenses they've had uh, a little bit more success uh, moving the ball through the air against the Bengals they do allow 260 yards a game so um, you know if you're going to look to to have your way with them it might be through the air as far as run game is allowed or is concerned they're allowing about 100 yards a game on the ground. Now I was looking at some key matchups. Where could the Raiders look to take advantage of this one? And what I've what I've discovered here through some research is I think this could be a big game for Kenyon Drake. And and I know that the linebackers uh, for the Bengals have been have been susceptible to to um, giving up passing yards to running backs coming out of the backfield. Logan Wilson, uh, I'm pretty sure he's their main coverage linebacker. We'll ask Jeff about that as well. You go back just a few weeks ago to the to the Jets game, three weeks ago, in fact, uh, against the Jets. They were torched. The, the linebackers, cover safeties, they were torched against the Jets running backs, Michael Carter and Ty Johnson. They combined for 14 receptions, 166 yards, and a touchdown. You go back a few more weeks, A.J. Dillon, he had a game where he had 50-something yards receiving and a touchdown. And then you go all the way back to week three, when the Bengals faced the Steelers, and Najee Harris had himself a huge day, 14 receptions for 102 yards. So that is one key matchup that I would expect, and I'm hoping that Greg Olson is looking to take advantage of, get Kenyon Drake involved in this game. I think he's been pretty good. Since the departure of John Gruden, I think Kenyon Drake has has done really well for this team. All right, let's now welcome in our guest this week, senior writer for Bengals.com, Mr. Jeff Hobson, joins us to preview Sunday's game between the Raiders and the Bengals. Jeff, big game coming up here with these two teams on Sunday. I'm looking forward to getting some of your thoughts now. Thanks for the time, and welcome to Just Pod Baby. Thanks, Evan. Thanks for having me on. Look forward to it. Yeah, you know, Jeff, to this point, the Raiders and the Bengals, their seasons have really had the same sort of trajectory. Both got off to a, a better than expected start at five and two, but but since they have each lost uh, two uh, two in a row, uh, what what now sets up a really big game in the AFC on Sunday. So for the Bengals, what has been the problem for them in the previous two losses to the Jets and the Browns that maybe didn't plague them as much in the previous seven games when they were playing a little bit better? Well, their defense uh, didn't uh, come near to what it had done in the first seven games. Uh, when they went to five and two, their defense was ranked tenth uh, in total defense and fifth in scoring. And then they went down to New York, and uh, you know uh, they've given up seventy-five points since. So that's a pretty easy uh, that, that, that's a pretty easy answer then. And then and then offensively, they've just uh, they've just turned it over at uh, inopportune times and. Uh, that's put them behind uh, the eight ball. And when that happens, you know, Burrow gets heat, uh, gets pressure. So I think, uh, you know, obviously uh, what they're trying to do out there Sunday is get back to where they were the first seven weeks defensively, get a lead, pound Mixon, and protect Burrow, which was basically the formula, uh, you know, and getting a big play or two from Chase and uh, his other playmakers. Now, is it fair to say? Now, I'm, you know, I'm I'm a fan of the Raiders, so I'm I'm on the outside looking in. Uh, is it fair to say that you think that the Bengals uh, maybe were a little bit of overachieving early in the season? You know, they're they're pretty young team, young at wide receiver, young at quarterback, young head coach. 
Uh, you're in the building around this team quite a bit. What, what was the expectations for this team going into the season now as they currently sit five and four through nine games in the hunt for a playoff spot? This is an urgent team. You know, uh, it might be a young head coach, but he's in his third year. And, uh, you know, they had only won six games in his first two. Uh, you know, you've got a franchise quarterback. We all know what the window is on that. Uh, you know, when you have a franchise quarterback who's like this guy, who's clearly a top 10 quarterback, you know, you gotta, you gotta win no matter what stage you're in. Um, you know, I would say urgency. I mean, they've spent the last two off seasons, uh, have been the most active in team history. You know, they've committed more than a quarter of a billion dollars to their defense the last two years. Um, and, you know, they've gone all in on Burrow. So uh, this, is a, this, is not a, uh, this is not a rebuilding project anymore. They have uh, focused on breaking through this year. You know, let's stay with Joe Burrow. Um, you mentioned he's the franchise quarterback only in his second year. Obviously, the rookie year cut short with the knee injury, but he looks like the real deal, no doubt about it. Putting up some really good numbers right now. Uh, but there is one area of his game I want to ask you about. Uh, he's tied for fifth right now. Uh, in the NFL with 20 touchdown passes, but he's also number two in the NFL with 11 interceptions thrown. So uh, to me, what I take from that is, uh, and, and based on some of the other numbers that I looked at, um, uh, contested throws from next gen and whatnot, he seems to be playing a little bit more aggressive this year. He's definitely willing to uh, you know, allow his guys to make a play, but at the same time, because he's playing so aggressive, it, it's kind of hurt the team a little bit on offense. What's your take on that? Well, I mean, I, I, I think a couple of throws have hurt them, uh, and there are others that haven't been his fault. Uh, you know, but I do agree with you. I think he's more aggressive than last year because that's all he heard in the off season was how they didn't go downfield. Uh, and the fact that they got a guy in the building who, you know, he made magic with in 2019 in college, I mean, I think he feel, he's got a lot of confidence in Chase, and it's, it's, uh, it's been validated. Uh, in a, you know one of the great rookie years of all time so far, so yeah, I, I would say he's more aggressive. I don't know how much he's hurt him, you know. I mean, he's also made some huge plays, uh, but I, you know, I think it's the uh, I think it's the hazard of the occupation. He's a quarterback. Uh, he's going to get picked. You're right. He's got too many. They're trying to cut that down. I think you know the um, obviously uh, uh, the 99 yarder that got returned uh, at the from the goal line. Uh, against Cleveland two weeks ago is the, you know, that's the real backbreaker, you know. I mean, that's the one that people remember. But, uh, you know, there have been other plays where, uh, you know, he's made good decisions and guys have made good plays. And I think for the most part, Zach Taylor is uh, comfortable with the decisions that he's making. So, yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, he's, he's aggressive. Has he hurt the team? I, you know, I, I would argue that, his aggressiveness is probably one of the reasons they're 5-4. and four. Jeff Hobson, senior writer for Bengals.com, is our guest here on Just Pod Baby. You know, Jeff, there was a lot being made leading up to free agency and the draft last year that the Bengals, they had to upgrade the offensive line to protect their franchise quarterback. Instead, they took Jamar Chase. Uh, you, you touched on him a bit. We know what he's doing. He's lighting up the league right now, having an absolutely phenomenal rookie season. They opted to wait till round two, to address the uh, tackle position, they they selected Jackson Carmen uh, in round two from Clemson. Now, most casual fans, as I, as I said, are aware of Jamar Chase and what he's been doing this year. Uh, but how has the plan worked out with the offensive line for the Bengals this year? 
Well, they've, uh, you know, they've uh, rotated. They're going to be uh, starting their fourth right guard of the season out there in Hakeem Adeniji, a second-round player. The player they drafted in the second round was Jackson Carmen from Clemson, who uh, they converted to uh, guard. And uh, he's been, you know, he's had a pretty typical rookie year. He's been up and down. He's shown, you know, he played terrific against Baltimore, uh, struggled a little bit against the Jets. You know, they turned to Adeniji once he came off injured reserve and put him in there. So I think that says more about Adeniji than it does Carmen. I think uh, Adeniji is a second-year guy who had a really good rookie year. And uh, once he came off of IR, they really wanted to get him into the lineup. They'd like, you know, they'd like more consistency from Carmen, clearly. And they'd like more consistency from their offensive line. It's been a work in progress. But, uh, you know, it's, he's not getting hit like he was last year. He's getting hit too much, but he's not getting hit like he was last year. They run the ball better than he did last year. And, and, they've, and they've got a, uh, you know, uh, probably the biggest move they've made in free agency. It wasn't a player. It was a coach when they uh, signed Frank Pollock as their offensive line coach who has, uh, you know, uh, has, has a reputation as one of the league's best. So, yeah, it's a work in progress, but I think they feel like, uh, you know, that they, uh, they've got a unit there that, uh, that they can win with, uh, that they can protect, borrow, and block from mixing. They can, they've certainly shown they've been able to do that. And if you look at the numbers, if you look at pro football focus, they're one of the top teams in pass blocking efficiency. And uh, Mixon is, you know, he's on pace to have uh, a career of 1,300 yards. So they're blo- and, and, and Burrow's leading the AFC in passing. So they're blocking somebody. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've, you, you mentioned Mixon there. I've been very impressed with him. Uh, you know, I think he's a guy who's always been talented throughout the years, but it's been about health with him. I th- and, and I agree with you. He's putting together one of the best seasons of his career. He's, he's healthy, he's productive. And, and when you look at the matchup now with the Raiders, they, they, they have one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. So this could be a game where Zach Taylor looks to uh, get Mixon involved early on and often. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, I mean, I, I think Mixon's the best player in the AFC North. Nobody knows, um, and I think he's just shown us in the last, you know, like uh, four weeks, you know, how good he is out of the backfield. He's a very good pass receiver. You know, he makes big, he can make big plays in the pass game. Um, so uh, he's showing that side of, him. and uh, you know, they have to uh, this club. Uh, you know, before they pound you, it seems like they want to get a lead. You know, so that's going to be a big. Uh, a big thing, you know, uh, uh, obviously uh, Bradley does, you know, they're very, uh, 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 you know, they really get a lot of respect for what Bradley does there defensively. He, he's, he, they aren't going to beat themselves. They're going to force you to uh, beat yourself. So um, I think, uh, you know, the translation is, you know, you're going to, you're going to have to run the ball against them. And, um, you know, that's uh, when, when, when Mixon's running the ball, you know, they have a big day because uh, because of Burrow, what Burrow can do in uh, play action. So, I mean, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I think uh, Mixon, uh, for this, I mean, if this club's going to go, if this club wants to go or they want to go, I, I to me, it's, uh, it's, it's as much uh, Mixon as it is Burrow. Again, Jeff Hobson, senior writer for Bengals.com, joining us this week on Just Pod Baby. I've got two more for you. Uh, I want to ask you about the defense. Um, 
one of the things that I'm really looking forward to in this game is, is the duo of pass rushers from both teams. Of course, I'm talking about Crosby and Ngakwe uh, for Las Vegas, and then Hendrickson and Hubbard for Cincinnati. And I thought the Bengals made a, a really nice move to to get uh, Trey Hendrickson in after losing Carl Lawson in free agency. Talk to us about that pass rush for a moment. Um, also, talk to us about the front four, both against the run and the pass. How how have they looked? I mean, they've up until you know up until two weeks ago, uh, they were the they were the, they were one of the stories in the league, you know, and they still are they still are a, a big story. Trey Hendrickson is the richest free agent in Bengals history, and uh, he's proven to be every penny, you know, with his eight and a half sacks. He's taken some of the heat off of Hubbard. Hubbard is one of these relentless, grind at every play. Um, uh, guy and uh, he's got a they got a great foil over there in Hendrickson uh, and then you know in the middle you got you got DJ Readers one of the top nose tackles and uh, in the league and Larry Ogunjobi is back where he should have been playing you know in Cleveland he's at the three technique uh, he he's been very he's been very effective as both a rusher and a and a, and a uh, defend and a run defender but uh, also you know they've been pretty deep. Uh, they've got uh, seven guys that have played almost, you know, that have played 200 snaps, basically. And, um, you know, they, they they took a big hit in the preseason opener when they lost their third rounder, Joseph Osai, who uh, looked to be, uh, you know, he, he was, looked like he's going to be an active edge player. But they're getting much better play from their front. You know, I mean, that was uh, the previous three years they had led the league in allowing rushing yards. So a matchup like, you know, this one in the desert with Jacobs would have been a frightening prospect in previous years. Uh, but they've done well against guys like Cook and, uh, you know, some, some, some really good, you know, some really good backs. Um, the rookie in Pittsburgh, uh, you know, they, 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 they didn't let him go off. So they, they've been, you know, up and like I said, up until the last couple of weeks, they've been really good at doing that. And Jacobs is going to be a big test, but, you know, I think they feel like they're, uh, they're better there than they have been in a long time. Now, the final one I got for you here, uh, I was looking at some matchups, trying to figure out, you know, one of the key matchups in the games. And one of the the things that I've noticed, um, probably I would say a weakness uh, with the Bengals defense, has, has been covering running backs uh, out of the backfield in the passing game. They struggled against Najee Harris earlier in the year. I believe it was week three. He had a big day. I think it was 14 catches, 100, 100 yards. Uh, just, just three weeks ago, Michael Carter... Uh, and Ty Johnson with the Jets, they combined for 14 catches, 166 yards. And I, and I even think uh, A.J. Dillon with the Packers had a, a decent day as well. So uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe Logan Wilson is the main coverage linebacker uh, for the Bengals. I, I, I do expect Greg Olson to uh, to get their pass catching back, Kenyon Drake involved heavily in the game plan. But what else can you tell us about the Bengals' uh, struggles in this area? Well, no, that's exactly right. You've got it. I mean, you know, they were, uh, they had 15 missed tackles with the Jets and they had 11, te- uh, 11 missed tackles against the Browns. And, uh, that's exactly what it is. It's, uh, tackling these guys out of the backfield. They're giving them too much cushion and, uh, they don't get them down on the ground. And, uh, I would think that any, I mean, you know, it's a copycat league, right? So they're going to keep throwing those check sounds until the Bengals tackle you. And, uh, I would expect, uh, you know, whenever you play the Raiders, and, you know, it's, you know, they keep saying the Raiders don't go, you know, deep anymore. But, geez, I mean, uh, they got, they got, uh, they got, uh, they signed Deshaun Jackson. Uh, 
who can go deep. I I think I think he'll go deep five years after he dies, and then, <laughs> yeah. then they've got you know, and then they've uh, uh, obviously I think Edwards yep. is leading the league in uh, uh, yards per catch, yep. and I think the guy behind him is Ruggs, obviously no longer there, yep. but you know he had nice you know the the, the the top three yards per catch guys would have been in this game uh, uh, if Ruggs hadn't uh, uh, you know uh, had his strategy. You know it would have been you know, uh, chases at 19 yards per. And, uh, so, you know, I think, uh, but the key to the game is not going to be, you know, it's not going to be a long ball. It's going to be just exactly what you're talking about. They're going to have to, you know, and a guy like that, and you're wondering, and tight ends have also heard him underneath too. And so obviously they're very wary of uh, Waller. So, um, you know, it's, it's, look, it's, it's in this league, um, uh, you can't stop any offense because of the rules. You know what I mean? No matter how good your defense is, you've got to keep the ball. And the Bengals are one of the top teams in going three and out, and they can't do that. And if they convert some three and outs early, then you know they'll uh, they'll you know they'll they'll try to take control of this game with Mixon. Yeah, good stuff there, Jeff Hobson, senior writer for Bengals.com. Thank you for joining me this week. I know the listeners will really appreciate you uh, giving us an overview of the Bengals. It should really be a, a good game. I'm looking forward to it. Both teams desperately need the win to stay alive in the, in the playoff hunt. But uh, thanks again, Jeff, and take care, my friend. You're at, uh, very good analysis. Thank you for your help, uh, and uh, let's do it again. Okay, good stuff there from Jeff. One of the big takeaways uh, that really stuck with me, one of the comments that he made from our conversation is you heard him there uh, talking about this is a team that plays with urgency, a very urgent team. And I pointed out that the offense is young. They got some young pieces, quarterback, wide receiver, and the coach being a young guy. Uh, But he made a good point there. Taylor's been in the league for three years. And and coming into the season, there were some rumbles that this might be a make-it-or-break-it year uh, for him, and, and oftentimes these coaches, they only get three or four years in the league, um, although we have seen Mike Brown, owner of the Bengals, he's he's been one of the more patient owners in the league uh, with coaches. He did keep Marvin Lewis around for a heck of a long time after a, a lot of mediocrity, right? Not, not many uh, great seasons. They did get to the playoffs a couple of times, but, but based on that comment uh, from Jeff, I do expect the Bengals to come out really fired up, really focused off the bye week and playing with a sense of urgency to get their season back on track and get them back in the in, in into the the heat of it in the playoff uh, race in the AFC. And, you know, you have to hope that, you know, despite all that's been going on with the Raiders, they can dig deep and and, and match that same level of intensity and same level of urgency that the, the Bengals will, will be sure to come out and play with. Uh, one last thing, I do see the game line. Uh, Vegas has the Raiders as the one-point home underdogs, and the the total score on the game is at 50.5 points. All right, guys, it is that time. Time for me to say goodbye. Another show in the books. Big thanks again to our guest, Jeff Hobson. And the next time we speak, I'll be another year older. I got a 38th birthday coming up here on Tuesday. We've got some celebrating planned uh, for the weekend. I'm hoping you guys all go out there and enjoy your weekends as well. Be safe, everybody. Until then, I am Evan Grote. Take care, everyone. And as always, just win, baby.